Welcome to the Life Church Auburn Hills Sermon Podcast. We're a multicultural community being transformed and empowered by the grace, truth, and love of Jesus. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged by this week's message. All righty, if we can round those conversations up. I hate to break up the party, but I got to break it up. What makes you happy? I'm hearing some interesting things. One person said their marriage. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I heard food. Mm-hmm. And grandchildren for one. Yeah, I was listening. I was listening. For me, I love to connect to people. I love connecting to cool people. Um, Yesterday, we had an awesome opportunity to connect on a different level. We played bubble soccer. And so our connecting was really connecting. (laughs) And so I'm, I'm happy, one, that I did not get hurt. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I'm not as young as I used to be. And um, as I mentioned last week, I don't know what it is, but people see this big guy in a bubble and they just want to see him fall and roll over. And uh, it actually happened yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, I I got hit pretty hard. In fact, my legs were parallel if not higher than the ground when I got hit. If somebody caught me as, as I was going in to knock somebody, boom, hit them, I was off balance, and I'm like, yeah, and then all of a sudden it was like, two <laughs> In the air, the referee was like, oh, 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 I hope somebody got that. I hope you don't. Because that was quite embarrassing, big 6'3", 230-some-pound guy flying in the air like that. That's wrong. And, and whoever it was that hit me, I forgive you. I just, <laughs> I just want you to know. Good morning again. I'm, I'm Donald Johnson, as I mentioned earlier, just in case you came in after I introduced myself. And as Young alluded to, we're kicking off this new series called Beyond Happy. And here's the deal. We all, all of us, we desire to be happy. And for you history buffs, um, most of you know uh, July 4, 1776, we had our Declaration of Independence. And pinned were these words that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed with unalienable, unalienable, that's a word, unalienable rights. And it says, among those rights are this, life, liberty, and pop quiz. Did I hear something? The pursuit, we have teachers here now. The pursuit of happiness. And I really believe that our pursuits for this happiness 
has actually oftentimes led us into many directions because happiness is, is fleeting. And as I mentioned before, happiness is based on happenings. It's based on what is happening. And I encourage you that to, to really come to this series because we're going to be really diving in and, and, and talking about and exploring what it means to live a life of joy. I'll tell you in a moment what we'll talk about today, but week two, we're going to be talking about having joy when life is unfair. Week three, we're going to talk about when life is good, even when, when, when good times are happening, to have joy. And then week four, we're going to deal with whenever, if you will, the kind of elastic clause, whenever God wants us to experience this joy. Now, I believe that we're searching for something in happiness that happiness cannot deliver. And we often end up again empty and sometimes depressed when, again, life is not happening. And there's this old song by a Chicago Mass Choir. They would say, hold to God's unchanging hand. And the first line would say, life is filled with swift transitions. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Swift transitions. Life can turn on you like this. One phone call, one report, and then your life is uncertain. And I want to share with you my journey over the past year. And I'm going to tell you straight up that the words that I, I, I say today about my journey, it doesn't even come close to the emotional impact and the challenge that it has left and caused in our family. October of 2018, uh, my daughter Kayla, she was at a football game eating some Doritos, which I tell her not to eat Doritos because it has MSG, but that's a different issue. <laughs> but she was eating these Doritos, and, and she got something st stuck. It was like, you know how things go down your throat the wrong way, and it felt like she got scratched, and um, it got stuck. And from that point, she really felt like something was stuck. And I think it may have just scratched her throat. So she was thinking that, man, something is there. And it made her, it was to the point where she thought she was going to die. She couldn't breathe. And so, of course, we took her to the doctors, back and forth, going to the doctors, having all types of tests. And they're like, there's nothing there. But for her, there was something there was something there. And so we went through a period of Kayla losing weight because she was, did not want to eat at all. So we went from uh, nothing to liquids. And then we went from liquids to baby food. And we went from baby food, and then Kayla has started to eat solids again. And I'm going to pick back up on that story. Yeah. I'm going to pick back up on this in a moment. But... Many of you know our first preview service is in, in January, 
And one of the things that I was excited for, uh, one, that we were launching this church finally, because this has been, for me, a, a long path, long road. And I was excited because my parents were going to be here. I'm like, yes, mom and dad get to see their investment in me, the spiritual uh, development as a kid. I grew up with Christian families, uh, Christian family, Christian home, and they really lived uh, a life before us. They were the same way at church as they were at home. And I got to witness that and it was so rich. But maybe three or four days before our first preview service, got a call that both parents were hospitalized. I'm like, really? And there's a picture of my, my mom and dad. Um, they were both, we, they finally got in the same room. My dad was like, I want to get in there. And they finally got in the same room. I was able to capture this beautiful moment uh, where my mom's holding dad's hand. And, but again, they missed the, the first service. And I, I, you know, I was a little bummed about that. I'm like, man, you know, because they, they were so instrumental in my development. And as many of you know, my mother was able to make our second preview service, which is in February, February 10th. She came, and I was excited. She cried. The service, I mean, bless Eric was singing, oh, the overwhelming. My mom really, she loved that song. She cried again and just had a beautiful time. And three days before our third preview service, March 10th, March 7th, I got a phone call. Um, late at night, my brother's, actually his, his wife called and said, hey, mom is unresponsive. And I'm like, all right, what's going on? I'm listening. And then we, uh, he said, man, this is not looking good. And so I get in, I, it was like close to midnight, got in the car, headed to Flint, talking to my brother. And um, halfway there, my brother called me and said, hey, Don Earl, they called it. I'm like, they called it? What do you, what do you mean? It's like, it's, mom's gone. So the rest of my trip was a trip. <laughs> the rest, I was really in shock the rest of the way there. Then I got to the house and I see my mom, the one that gave me life, laying on the floor lifeless. And... Again, that happened. Then, as a result of that happening, Kayla, seeing her grandmother, she started having these really severe death anxieties. And it set her back, where she did not want to eat again. Set her all the way back. And I'm like, Kayla, you got to eat something. And I'm, I'm watching my daughter really kind of waste away. And in the six-month period, she had lost 40 pounds. And just before our Easter service, the week of our Easter service, Kayla ends up in the hospital. My, my wife was finishing her degree. I'm like... I'm working on my message. I can't go. She's like, I'm not failing this class. Her master's degree. I'm like, you're right. I need to go. I'll just take my stuff. I'm like, nah, that didn't work. So I'm in the hospital with Kayla 
before she was screaming, thinking that she was going to die, saying that she could not breathe. I guess she overheard that that was kind of my mother's last words, that she, she couldn't breathe. And so this was days before Easter service. Of course, she, she got out, and it's been a journey. In August of this year, she just started eating solids again. After months, again, losing weight. After that, I got a call around May that from my sister, it was after Sunday service, I was knocked out, I was tired. I must have preached really hard that day. But I was asleep and the phone's ringing. I grab the phone and my sister calls me and she says, Don Earl, I just wanted to share with you that I've been diagnosed with endometrial cancer, stage one. And she was my mother's caregiver. And she's like, man, if I, I need mom more than I ever needed her, but mom was gone. And we've been in this crazy season. I'm here to tell you, I've been fighting. I've been pressing, to, trying to be honest with what we're going through, and then at the same time, honest and encouraging to, to everyone else. It's been hard. There's been times of frustration, times of anger, times of asking God, God, what's up? But I know I'm not the only one going through. I know that. Some of you are facing uncertainty. There are things in your life that are going on right now in your relationships, and you're uncertain on how things are going to turn out. You're uncertain of your finances. There's uncertainty in concerning your health. There's uncertainty in various relationships, but we need something that goes beyond happiness. We need something that goes beyond happy because, again, happiness is when it's happening. And I'm going to tell you right now, it doesn't seem to be happening. But as the praise team shared with us earlier, God is very intentional. And what we need is joy. When the waves of life crash in, we need joy. And this is the working definition we'll work from as an emotion, and I know it goes beyond emotions, but you do feel joy. An emotion sustained by connection and confidence in God. I personally know in the midst of all of this crazy stuff that's happening, that God still has my best interests at heart. And he's doing something deeper beyond what I can understand right now. 
because I'm connected to him. And see, uh, one theologian, Willie Jennings, he says that joy is the act of resistance against despair and all its forces. It's the refusal to despair. That's what joy is. And see, joy anchors us during challenging times. We're going to take a look at chapter 1 of Philippians and see how Paul was able to experience joy when life wasn't certain. Let's take a moment and pray, and then we'll move forward. Dear Father, thank you right now for who you are. Thank you for your amazing grace. And Father, I pray that someone in this place today, going through what they're going through, will be able to see you in the midst of it all. They will be able to see you and know that you have our best interest at heart. And somehow, some way, you're going to turn all this stuff for good because we love you and we've been called according to your purpose. So open our ears so we can hear you. Open our eyes so we can see you and open our hearts so we can receive. In Jesus' name, amen. To give you quick context, um, this book actually is a letter that Paul wrote while he was in prison. Paul was not on vacation when he wrote this letter. He was actually in prison. He was actually under house arrest. And what he was doing was in the midst of this encouraging the church that he founded like 10 years prior in Philippi. And he's encouraging them to rejoice. Now, they, the context that they were under, were facing opposition from, they were in an occupied space by Romans who were elitists. And they were looking like outcasts. They were outcasts. And then they were being labeled antisocial because they did not participate in all the festivities that were for their lord, the emperor. Because they knew that Jesus was their lord. And Paul is writing this letter from prison in Rome. And listen to what he says. And we, we don't have time to unpack the entire chapter. So we're encouraging you to honestly read ahead. It's, it's four chapters. Dive into this book. And then we'll journey together on Sundays. He says, I thank God, thank my God, every time I remember you. Every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with Joy. I'm praying with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And he goes on to say, which is not on the screen, but he said, I'm, I'm confident 
in God in this, that God who started something in you, who begun this great work in you, he is going to perform it. He's going to work it out to the end. But Paul is saying here, what brings me joy is knowing that I'm in this partnership. And you need to check who you're in partnership with. Paul was in partnership with Christ-like people. We need other Christians in our life. We need to be connected together on this journey together. They were helping Paul. They were sending supplies and, and doing visits. Paul, again, were, was in, on a house arrest, chained to soldiers. But he got joy because he understood that he was not alone. There were people with him. And then specifically, you'll hear this passion about Paul because he said, I have partners in the gospel. And I could not just keep moving on because I remember talking to a neighbor, my friend from India. We, we were talking and I was talking to him about the gospel, this beautiful message of the gospel, the gospel this and the gospel that. And he looked at me and said, what's the gospel? And I think sometimes we forget that some people don't know what the gospel is. It is good news. And, and I love what Tim Keller says here. It's a pretty lengthy, but listen to it. I'll unpack it in a moment. It says, the good news that God has accomplished our salvation for us through Christ. He delivered us. He redeemed us. Through Christ in order to bring us into right relationship with him. And eventually what he's going to do is destroy all the results of sin in the world. That's good news. That Jesus picks you. That Jesus hung up for your hang-ups. As I mentioned this before, our sin left this incredible debt that we could never, ever pay, no matter how much we try. Anybody ever just try? I'm not going to mess up anymore. Anybody ever tried that? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is it. No matter how we try, we can't earn this status. So what Jesus did, it says, I'll do it for you, but you have to live in me. Instead of, I've said this before, instead of God sending us an invoice, here's the gospel. He sent us a receipt. Y'all just missed a good place to give God some praise. <laughs> he gave us a receipt and said, paid in full. And as Brendan was talking last week, now we don't live and we're not motivated by guilt, but we're motivated by grace because I couldn't pay it. I couldn't do it. But that's the good news. Jesus did it. 
And in response to this grace, I live for him. That's what Paul was saying. We're in partnership spreading this message. And the irony in it all, Paul was trying to stop the message before he was converted. We'll move on. So how was Paul able to experience joy when, when life was uncertain? He's in prison not knowing if he was going to live or die. But this is what he says. Now, I, I want you to know, listen, listen to what Paul's saying. Brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance this message, this gospel. It actually worked. Paul's in prison, still locked up, house arrest, and he's saying, it actually is, this, this is working out. Come on. Because it's helping me to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guards. All the guys, everybody get chained with me. Guess what I'm talking about? Hey, do you know Jesus? <laughs> he's spreading the gospel, and these guys are going home and talking to their families about this message. And their families are converting. These people are reporting to the emperor and the senators. Have you heard this, this ah, crazy message about that Jesus guy? He said it's advancing the gospel. And see, when I read that, I said, we have to when we ask what's happening, when I look at my life, I'm like, what's happening? There's two perspectives. You can look at what's happening to you, and then you can look at what's happening through you. <laughs> Oftentimes, we only see what's happening to us. But I'm here to share with you that, that God wants to work something through you as well. Paul was saying, even because of my chains right now, other people are getting bold with this message. They're getting encouraged because of what I'm going through. And this picture here is my tire. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Monday, it was on a Monday morning, my wife went, was going out to work, and she comes back in. She says, hey, I need to drive the van. I'm like, Okay, why? Truck is on a flat. I mean, flat. <laughs> flat. And so I go outside. I'm looking. I'm like, how did this happen? I'm looking around. And would you believe it was this rock? A rock. I, I said, okay. You know what? Everything else going on, I'm like, come on. Tires are expensive, first of all. I'm like, come on. And that's what was happening to me. But let me share with you what happened through me. That, that happened Monday, Tuesday, I'm packed with meetings. So I didn't get the truck. I didn't go into the shop until Wednesday. When I, I went in, I saw one of the guys behind the counter, told him what was going on. He's like, yeah, you're probably going to need a new. I'm like, bro, you ain't even looked at it. <laughs> probably going to need a new tire. I'm like, no. 
it's in the tread. I'm going to I got a lot left. And so he went out and looked, and he's like, you're going to need a new tire because of the, the, the puncture. And I'm like, look how much, you know, it's, it's thick. But while I was out there, a friend of mine who I had not seen in a while had returned to the store. They forgot his special key for his lug nut. And he came and happened to have the same guy that I was working with. And we see each other. We're like, bro, hey, how are you? It's been a while. <laughs> and we're talking. And I'm like, yo, we're doing this series called What If? A couple of weeks ago. And we're talking about different situations. And, and Young was preaching that week. I was telling him about Young. I said, what if I'm a disappointment? And he's like, man, this is what I've been going through. He said, this is what I'm, I've been going through, man. I, I just had a conversation with one of my friends. Long story short, he showed up Sunday. He's here today. Come on. And he told me, he said, I'm not coming by myself. So brought his friend, girlfriend, and she recommits her life to Christ that day. Now, again, we look at what's happening to us. That's, that's what happened to me. But what is God trying to get through you? What are your chains? Who is he trying to connect you with because of the situation that you're in? I, I'm going to move on. So Paul was able to experience joy when life was uncertain because of prayer and power. Listen as the chapter goes on. He said, yes, and I will, I'm going to continue to rejoice. Why? For I know that through your prayers and God provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He's saying, man, I got prayer partners. And I'm going to tell you, the reason that I'm still standing right now is because I got people, my church, that's praying for me. When I'm pushing off sadness and pushing away depression. Yes, I said it. I'm like, no. But I got a community that's praying for me. And we're praying for each other. And this is what Paul is saying. Because I'm in community and people are praying. And prayer, it changes things. And sometimes prayer, it changes us. When things don't change. And he, then he said, by the power of the Holy Spirit and God sending Holy Spirit to empower us through these times, through these uncertain times. And lastly, Paul was able to experience joy when things were uncertain because of his purpose. He was connected to his purpose. Paul said like this, for me to, 
For to me, he's, he's making this personal. He said, to live is Christ. And to die is gain. In other words, Paul said, look, I know right now it's uncertain. I don't know if I'm going to be released. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this. If I live, I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. I'm going to advance the gospel. It's all about Christ. My life is all about Jesus. Because this gospel message has changed everything. Everything that I was looking for and everything that we look for is in Jesus. That, that sense of belonging, that need. And so Paul said, man, to live is Christ. And if I die, guess what? Guess where I'm going? <laughs> Seriously, guess where I'm going? I'm going to be with him. So in other words, he was saying, all I do is win, win, win. No, okay. <laughs> no matter what, he said, I, I win. Whew. And so as we close, I'm going to ask the band to come. This is his perspective. That we win, no matter what. And there's so many other beautiful uh, scriptures in that one chapter. Again, I encourage you to read through it. But this is how we, and I, you say that's Paul, but this is how we can experience joy, is, is to build supportive relationships. These are God-centered, Christ-centered friendships, relationships. And we can do that. Even today, we, we have the ministry fair because, again, it's through connection. I often say this life is a journey that was never meant to live alone. Sometimes we don't have the answer. Sometimes what God is doing through you is not very apparent right now. But you have this deep confidence because you're connected to him. So... Again, we have this ministry fair. I encourage you to check out because you need to plug in. Be a part of the community. Be in partnership with what God is doing here. And then recruit prayer partners. You know, you got people that when you got some juicy news you call up or post online. We need prayer partners. We need people intentionally covering us. Recruit some prayer partners. And we're going to have a prayer team right after this, after service today. And you feel free to connect with them. But you need people in your life that will pray. And then you need to daily make time. We need to daily make time for God. We need to make room for God. Create space so you get to know him. We're going to transition in a moment, but I want to pray right now. And if you're here today and you're saying, man, you know what? I heard you. 
I'm still unsure about some things. I don't know what's going on in my life. I encourage you to take a step to trust Jesus. Just take a step. The scripture tells us if you draw nigh, if you come close to him, he'll draw nigh to you. The truth is he's been reaching for you. The reason that you're here or the reason you're listening to this podcast later is because he's reaching out for you. He wants you. And I encourage you to trust Jesus with your life. Let us bow our heads. And if it's you, you're here and saying, man, all right, let me, let me get us a shot. I've tried all kind of other things. I put my life in, in the hands of other things. But I want to put my life in his hands. You can, at the, in this moment, just say, Jesus, if that's you, just Jesus, I give you my life. Or if you're reconnecting with him, just again, Lord, I give you my life. You're Lord. So, Father, we pray right now for those that are taking that step, that leap of faith, and that are saying, I'm trusting you now. I'm putting my life in your hands. We ask right now that you would cover them. You know who they are. And as a community, as a body, we ask that you would cover us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. And the ushers, the ushers are coming at this time. We're going to transition for communion. Let me share this one thing that Paul had mentioned. He said, whatever happens, this is our resolve. Whatever happens, he says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Conduct yourself worthy of this message. He said, live into the full meaning of what this gospel message means. That Jesus sacrificed his life for us. And then he says to stand firm in one spirit together as one. Life Church Auburn Hills striving together as one. One faith of this message that we carry. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about us, visit us online at lifechurchaubernhills.org.